On this episode, pop in a VHS tape because we are going to die in seven days. Oh wait, that that can't be right. That's that's not George. That's not the intro I wrote. <laughs> SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of Sega Talk Podcast. I'm Barry and with me is Creepy Call Creepy Crawly Wet Willy George. Wet Willy? Uh, yeah, hi everyone. <laughs> well, the, the 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 girl in the in the game is always like soaking wet. She's um, like a well, right? Yeah, she does. So if you can't tell, we are talking about the Ring, specifically the Ring Terrors Realm for the Dreamcast. And uh, this episode, it's an it's a strange pick for the uh, spring summer time. I mean, it's like it's hot as hell outside, and right. We're we're talking about a spooky movie game, um, but maybe. Our Patreon picker will explain to us in their memories why they picked this game. And hey, George, what is a Patreon picker, and how how can these people become one? So there's a little website called Patreon.com/SegaBits. If you guys go check it out, you guys could be a picker for as low as twenty dollars. Uh, that means you get your memories right in the beginning. If you pledge $1, you get the audio version of the podcast early, and you get your memories read in the end of the podcast. $5 gives you the video version of it early. Um, so there's a lot of tiers, so check it out at patreon.com slash SegaBits. That's right. And before we get to Michael's memories, I'm going to kick off the sewed proper. So the Ring Terrors Realm, also known as Ring in Japan, or Ringu, is a survival is a horror. U? Ringu. Yeah. Ringu. Ringu, Ringu is star. That like a real, is that like a real word, though, in Japan? Or do they just, like, take the American ring word and put a U in it? Well, well we're actually going to cover that. Um, <laughs> it's a survival wow. horror video game created and published by Asmic Ace Entertainment in Japan and published by Infograms North America in North America. The game was released for Dreamcast on February 24th, 2000 in Japan and September 29th in North America. However, the North American release was originally scheduled to come out June 28th, and for whatever reason, it was delayed. So us recording this and releasing it in June is actually fitting because that's the original release date that never happened. Uh, It is based on Suzuki Koju's Ring novel series, which served as the inspiration for the Japanese film Ring in 1998 and the American adaptation The Ring in 2002. So let's see why Michael S. picked this game. Uh, He says, Recently, I've been watching a lot of horror movies, including J-horror, like Juwan, Darkwater, and Ringu. This made me remember having this game for the Dreamcast. I found it, put it, and... Put it on, and wow, this is a terrible mess. The opening cutscene is hilariously bad. I played about an hour, and the constant terrible music played on a loop along with not much happening and made me give up. I thought, where is the horror? Where is the scary girl with the hair in her face? Or any similarity to the Ringu movies. And, uh, George, before we were recording, I was doing my best uh, AVGN impression, going, what a, sh- what a shitload of fuck this game is. I'd rather dip right. my balls in a VCR. <laughs> um, and it seems like uh, Michael was feeling that same way, though I really hope he didn't like snap the game in half, right. because this game actually sells for over $100 right now, which is, a sh- uh, as, as the nerd would say, a shitload of fuck. Um, and uh, we can swear on this episode because it's an M-rated game. That's my rule. Oh, that's a good. That's a good rule. That's a good rule. Because if it's a, if they swear in the game, it's a it's a violent game. Then we can swear in the episode. Um, so George, what are your memories of The Ring? Did you see any of the movies, or even learn Japanese to read the novel? And did you play this shitty game? Wow, uh, I didn't play the game. Like I uh, I said before to you, um, I didn't even know this game existed. It's kind of like. Uh surprising that it's even like if i saw this at the store i wouldn't even think it's related to the ring the movie Mm. or the novel i've never read the novel 
I did watch the American movie, which was kind of hard to like miss back in the day because it was advertised everywhere, and it was one of those movies that was like, this thing is so scary, it'll like haunt you for the rest of your life or whatever. And it was like, it was like Blair Witch Project, where right. it was like you find this tape concept. So I guess it got really popular here. Um, yeah. I didn't find the movie too scary, but. It, I do remember a bunch of girls at school would always do the hair thing where they put the hair to the front. <laughs> yeah, that was popular. I, and when I had long hair, I did the same thing because it was funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, I just know it was iconic because the girl with the hair over her face. And it's crazy that just that little move of the hair being over the face creeped so many people out. Yeah. Are you are you surprised about that? Like, it became um, I iconic. Mean, it it is a scary premise to have like, you know, static on your TV and then something shows up that you didn't expect to see climb out of your TV. I mean, you put the VHS tape in, so you're expecting to watch something, but yeah, it's a, it's a unique premise. Um, I saw the, I saw the first American movie. I think I saw the Japanese version. Um, I never saw the sequels though. And I'll be honest. I, really tried to play this game. I tried burning it a couple methods uh, and it just, it wasn't working for me. Uh, I actually have two Dreamcasts. Well, I have three, but wow. two that I, I utilize. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can see them there, right? I got my uh, Sega Sports one back there and then I got my white Japanese one and they just, they weren't reading the disc. I think I need to burn a different version of it. Um, but maybe that's good, you know, kind of like with <laughs> right. the ring. Like you copy the VHS tape and you spread the virus so maybe if I copy the game that's actually more interesting than the game itself is right. the yeah, idea of copying, burning a copy of the Ring video game and then dying in seven days right. um, but yeah so I mean I, I, it's one of those franchises that just is kind of there for me I, like, I don't love it, I don't own anything from it but I do recognize that it was had a huge huge impact it really did bring Japanese horror to the West. Oh, um, so in that regard, it's it's a massive deal. It's like the Godzilla of horror movies, right? Like Godzilla made giant monster movies a staple here. And right. now this this thing comes over and like you're going to have mainstream people, people going to mainstream movies that are inspired by Japanese horror films, which you never would have thought would happen. Um so, before we dive into the game, let's take a quick look at the novels that served as the inspiration. So, the franchise originated from Koji Suzuki's novel Ring, which was actually published in 1991 and marked wow. the beginning of a trilogy. The subsequent, subsequent installments included Spiral in 1995, which has no connection to the Saw movie Spiral, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, and Loop. In 1998, which has no connection to the uh, elevated train line that runs through Chicago. So there's no connection there. Uh, Building upon the success of the initial trilogy, additional novels set in the Ring universe were released. Those include Birthday in 1999, which encompasses a prequel to Ring, and an epilogue to Loop. So the, the book kind of is a... it bookends the trilogy, basically, and it reveals the fate of a pivotal character from Spiral. Furthermore, there was S in 2012 and Tide in 2013, which expanded the narrative scope of the franchise. And we're going to forego reading through the plot of every novel. But if you're wondering, yes, the cursed videotape from the films is the source of everybody's troubles in the novels. The creepy girl from the tape is named Sadaku Yamamura, who had telekinetic powers in life. So she's really kind of like Eleven from Stranger Things. Um, the creepy girl, uh, is revealed to have been, uh, I guess her doctor was infatuated with her Uh-oh. and he takes her into the woods and I'll, I'll Uh-oh. omit this part. Um, but in turn from wow. what he did to her, he injures her, infects oh, her with smallpox and also learns fuck? in this moment that uh, Sadaku was intersex, which means um, has both, uh, I guess, reproductive organs. Mm. Um, And then the doctor threw Sadaku down a well and crushed her with rocks. And That's a weird interest, I guess. I mean, 
All right. Sounds like a... All right. I was going to say the cover for the first book is so awesome. The uh, book, uh, the art for it. Uh, mm. I don't know if you've seen the ring cover. Mm-hmm. Very cool art. And then it, like I think he goes like Spiral has pretty cool art too. But then they kind of go away from that motif in the covers. That's kind of weird. But yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Because <laughs> I'm showing um, them on, on, on the, on the Yeah. The, the books are cool. I wonder if they're collectible. Uh so in the novel, the main character is a reporter named Kazuyuki Asakawa, who believes that Sadaku's rage and psychic powers projected themselves onto the tape and thinks that giving Sadaku's remains a proper burial will put her spirit to rest and end the curse. So long story short, they find the body at the bottom of the well, they bury the body, and then apparently the curse is lifted. However, uh, Asakawa's friend uh, Ryuji Takayama who also had seen the tape dies and Asakawa realizes that she actually copied the tape and gave it to him which was why she was saved and she passed the curse on to him because he didn't copy the the tape and what's learned is that the smallpox virus that uh, she was infected with before being killed was what had basically transferred itself and her spirit onto this tape um, and copying it. Yeah, yeah. So copying it is the only cure. So uh, basically in the end of the book, she tells everyone who has seen it to copy the tape. And it's, I mean, it's cool. It's kind of weird. Um, it kind of reminds me of those chain letters that you used to send, right? Where you're like, right. send this to seven more people or you'll die next month. Well, that's, yeah, and that's what it's playing up on. It's also kind of like the, uh, like, turn off the lights and look in the mirror and say a name, like, three times. Like, this sort of idea of this spirit that they're they are bound, bound to something, like a mirror or a tape or something. She's not uh, a ghost so much as it's a, like, imprint of her dead body living on this tape. So that's why burying the body doesn't do anything. Because she's dead. It's a, like, it's a version of her rage combined with the smallpox virus. Um, But what I didn't get was the intersex thing. Like, I kind of feel like it's the author just trying to be like, oh, and they were a little different. And I don't know. I think that's kind of shitty. Like, I don't, it doesn't seem like that plays into anything outside of maybe the doctor, like, being disgusted that they had this, like crush on a girl that was like different which is kind of like, like he already yeah like he's already done like the most like you know like horrific act and then it's like and intersex it's like what right like, it's, like, nowhere. Yeah. it's like okay yeah i i don't think that carried over into the films i i could be wrong i don't remember um in, in the films at all but yeah so <laughs> but I guess now that we're going in the order of release, the next release would be 1998's Japanese film Ring, also known by Otaku as Ringu. And uh, oddly, the movie is actually just called The Ring in Japan, but in America, they changed the title to Ringu. And to me, that's like Sonic the Hedgehog being released in the USA, and they title it Sonicu the Hedgehogu. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) it's like... too much. This this movie's from Japan. Can't you tell? We called it Ringu. And that's kind of weird. Like, don't you think it's weird that they changed the title to the... Rom- I guess it's the Romaji for Ring? Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Wow, yeah, you're right. They did. And so, wait. In Japan, it was actually not Ringu. It was just Ring. Like the American... Ring or... Ring. Or the ring, yeah. And so I think the only reason they did it was that it likely was released after the American film. Right. And so they had to differentiate. So they were like, they made it super Japanese Now, what right. they could have called it is like the ring and then like colon the original dra- Japanese th- thriller or something like that. Like that would have been a little better. Um, when the office, you know, the British office came to the to America, they originally titled it uh the office in american workplace so they were like very clearly saying like oh no this is a remake (laughs) you know so yeah i don't know i think that's i i remember as a uh, a, uh, just had a u in the office for the british version the office 
<laughs> no, no, not in the end. I'm saying just randomly in there like they do for color and other words. So yeah. it'd be oh. O-U-F-F, you know, the office. Maybe Sonic Col- Colors, I guess, is an example. But yeah, I, I think that's all they did. But I remember as a 20-something, I thought, that's really fucking lame. Like, <laughs> right. I was a... I was aware that it was just called The Ring, and I'm like, they're trying to appeal to, like, Japanese, like, otaku in America who are like, oh, have you seen Ringu? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch Ringu. That sounds fucking stupid. Um, So, shortly after the movie's release, the video game followed. And and that's the the episode. Thanks for watching. No, uh, it was released to the Dreamcast, as mentioned, on February 24th, 2000. In Japan and September 29th in North America, the Ring Terrors Realm was developed by Asmic Ace Entertainment. Asmic was a video game developer founded in 1985 as a subsidiary of Sumitomo. I think everything in Japan is a subsidiary of something. Um, In 1998, they merged with Ace Entertainment to form Asmic Ace Entertainment, and they renamed to Asmic Ace in 2012, so long time after this. Uh, the Sega softography is quite odd. It mainly right. consists of ports of Sega arcade games and licensed titles, uh, which I guess fits with Ring. But if you look at least their Sega output, it, it seems like The Ring is their most ambitious project. Um, on the Mega Drive, they did Super Hydlide, Air Driver... Um, on the Saturn, they did Civilization, World right. Evolution Soccer, uh, Lupin the Third, which I'm looking at here now. It seems like it's uh, it's an action game. So I guess the Lupin the Third game, looking at the screenshots, is actually probably the closest thing they did to Ring because it looks like it's a 3D action game. And then they also did PC engine ports of Shinobi and Power Drift, which was unreleased. So Right. Well, it says one was released in 1990, but one was unreleased. What's up with that? Like, they had one I version? I don't know. It is very weird. I don't know why one's released and one's unreleased. I actually looked into that, and it was kind of confusing. Um, however, outside of Sega output, Asmic Ace was pretty prolific, so their primary focus was the NES, but after the release of The Ring, the company shifted their focus to distributing films, and their most notable client is DreamWorks. So, Asmic Ace uh, has actually distributed most of the live-action and animated DreamWorks films in Japan. So it's actually a happy ending for them, at least the executives, because it's like, do you want to make shitty licensed video games for the Dreamcast, or do you want to make big money just doing the bare minimum by localizing DreamWorks films, <laughs> which, like, make money. <laughs> so, right, like I Shrek. Think. I guess maybe they handled Shrek, which is kind of funny. Can you imagine, like, the amount of work that had to go in for a cult classic like Shrek in Japan to, like, get it 100%? It has so much American culture in it. Like, how do you even do that? Especially, like, I want to see the Japanese version of, like, the All-Stars uh, song from Smash Mouth, which is a... American Anthem. Yeah, it is odd. I know South Park was actually, I think, really popular in Japan. They localized it and put in Japanese humor. Whereas I think The Simpsons was localized and they did very little, like, adapting. And so it it did not do so well. I don't think the show even ran to today. I think they stopped at a certain point, which is kind of wild to me. Like, I know this sounds super, uh, uh, like, not small-minded, but just it 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 su- surprises me sometimes to think, wow, there's like whole parts of the world where The Simpsons like does not exist to them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like whole I, uh, whole continents where they're like, I I think I've seen that guy. What is that? And you're like, oh my god, it's The Simpsons. The and Simpsons. do they have? But do oh, they have a thing where they're like, oh, it's the Zemedi, the Zabalobo, and you're like, oh, it's the Zemedi Zabalobo, and they're like, oh my god, you don't know? <laughs> you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I remember being in Mexico and they, everyone used to watch it. So the Simpsons yeah. there, like they were really good. I thought the I thought the dub was done really well. Oh yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. Spanish language Simpsons is huge. Yeah. Like I think the voice actor for Homer or something passed away. Oh, did it? And it was like that. some one of the major voice actors. It was a huge fucking deal. Yeah. So and and that's like a completely different thing. But anyway. Yeah. 
Shrek and the Ring have uh, a little connection there, which I think is kind of funny. A crossover would be great. Uh, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, I'd love... You know what? That would probably make this game a lot better if you did, like, uh, character swaps and it was, like, Shrek. Right. Um, but let's let's get some beautiful gameplay footage going. This comes courtesy of... Uh, That's a Game? I think it's, like, a podcast. It's a it's a podcast that talks about video games, and they talked about the ring. What a what, what a bunch idiot. of idiots! Yeah, yeah who does that? that. They did this uh, honest piranha labs production. So this is from a couple of years ago, but we thank them for their service. So we'll have this playing while we uh, chit chat over the game. So despite both the Ring novel and movie sharing a story, the video game goes in a very very different direction. Oh yeah, and. I'm going to have to do a shout out to the website Bloody Disgusting. It's a horror movie news website because they actually they do really good retrospective on horror video games, especially unknown ones. And they usually like actually give you the plot of the game in a lot more details than just like, boy, it's just a shitty shitload of fuck game. You know, like (laughs) the the uh, plot synopsis for this game pretty much exists as the same paragraph on every wiki, wiki entry I've seen, except for this article where they actually like get a little more in-depth. So, the plot. It's, it's going to get weird. So, recently employed by the CDC, yes, the American CDC in the United States, <laughs> Meg Rainman Rain encounters Man. a... Rainman? Not, oh my not God. connected to Dustin Hoffman. That's what I was uh, going to say, Dustin Hoffman's daughter. Oh my God, that'd be a good movie, Rainman <laughs> versus The Ring. Oh man, it would be. And he's like, I gotta, I gotta watch, I gotta watch TV at three forty-five, and it's like, <laughs> Ray, Raymond, the the ring lady's crawling out of your TV, and he's like, Oh no, oh no, <laughs> that'd be great. Here we go, and he'd like drop things, and then he'd have to count them. It'd be great. Uh, so yeah, Meg Rainman encounters a perplexing situation as her boyfriend Robert, Ooh. along with three other CDC's employees, perish under mysterious circumstances on the very same day. The sole common thread linking their deaths is the presence of a program named Ring, discovered on their computers. Well, As the c- so it's on a tape. It's All a computer right. program. Okay, so, first one to be X. It should have been a Dreamcast game, but no. Like, you're making a Dreamcast game, so the idea of being meta, like, you played this game called The Ring on the Dreamcast, would right. have been better, but yeah. Right. And then, yeah. Uh, so as the CDC undergoes a strict lockdown, Meg becomes trapped alongside her colleagues within the facility, and she is determined to unravel the mysteries surrounding Robert's demise and the Ring program. Uh, Terror's Realm recaps the events of Ringu in 1990 and acts as a recap of Sadako Yamamura's life. There are nods to the novel that inspired the films, as well as footage uh, but the ba- the game kind of barely connects to them. Terror's Realm does reveal how the videotape has evolved into a virus which worked itself into the Ring video game. So essentially, this is in real time, like nine years later, nine or ten years later, and the Ring videotape has spread so far that it got into a computer and manifested itself into a video game. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> Why the is CDC, the bad video game? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. Like, do you think? Do you think like a, a a monster ghost would be a good developer? Right. I guess you're right. Never mind. Which actually makes this game really good because it's realistic, at least. I, I uh, one girl doing C- all this. Well, listen to this. So the CDC is actually in possession of Sadaku's body, and they're using it to make a vaccine for her curse. And which is weird, like it's a spiritual curse, but you get a shot, and then they're like, "Don't worry, you got you got immunity." <laughs> you got, now. Yeah, you got the uh, spirit, the spirit shot. And this builds to the revelation that Sadaku had built a virtual world that Meg gets stuck in. And in the third act of the story, you actually get to watch the actual videotape using footage from the films. They even use Which clips film? from the Japanese one, right? The Japanese ones, yeah. So they use clips from Ring One and Ring Two, which had already released at this time in Japan, and it shows additional footage. You get to see Sadako's mother. Uh, sadly, Sadako does not appear as an enemy until the very end of the game. So you're kind of stuck with these weird 
virtual world mutants, which are like manifestations of hers. So uh, why why do you think they changed the plot so dramatically? What do you think of that? Uh, I mean, they're trying to make it a Resident Evil type game. When you look at the footage, it has the tank controls and you walk super slow. So the idea of like, you being in the city and investigating stuff probably wouldn't work. The budget... I, I'm pretty sure this half part of this game was already made before they got the ring uh, license, in my opinion. And I think they kind of had to uh, work around it. Um, because That's like, possible. Because, like, a lot of the... Uh, like it looks like an like a space game. Like everyone's wearing leather and these weird glasses. Um, so they probably just like wrote the story around it. That's what I think. Um, because none of the scenery looks like Japan. It's just like a dirty old building. Well, it's in in America, which is surprising okay. because this is before the American uh, version of the Ring. So it's like the first time the Ring went to America was actually in the video game, which is a continuation of the film story. But very loosely, and I I would agree with you on this being, like, a different game that they just turned into the ring, but nothing in the developer's uh, gameography tells me that they make original content. It's either ports or licensed stuff, so honestly, I think they probably just, they knew they were making a ring video game, but they probably wanted to, like, have it be a video game rather than a VHS tape. You know what I mean? So they were probably like, well, storyboard session. How does the ring become a video game? Uh, the VHS tape becomes a computer virus. And it's called Ring. Cool. Done. Are you, are, you um, sh- are, you, are you surprised that this was like a Dreamcast exclusive? Because like the graphics... Yeah. Because like, I've never heard of it, first of all. And it's like still trying to be like the old P- Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 1 type, where it's like... The, this, I guess Code Veronica was kind of the same, so... But it, I don't know, the graphics look like a PS1 game in a way, or more Nintendo 64. R- right, well, remember, they did have uh, experience developing for the Saturn, and oh. they did make that uh, loop in the third game, so it's possible right. they, like, built off of that. I can see But that. it is, it is, I mean, it's it's original, it's just, like, it's so disconnected um, I almost kind of equate it to uh, Jason X, if you've ever seen that. It's when it's a great movie. <laughs> Friday the 13th movie. went to outer space. But that's ten movies in, and they actually have a plausible reason for Jason to be in outer space. It's basically the distant future. He can never die, and they find his frozen body. And it's actually really... I mean, it's a stupid movie, but it's really right. cool. I lo- it's, it's a hilarious movie. <laughs> it's like everything but, about that movie is hilarious. Right, but this game, what I find so interesting is the story feels like something that would happen now in like 2023. Right. Like, oh man, they've made the Ring movies and game, you know, movies and books since 1990. What are they going to do 30 years later? And it's like, oh, it's a video game. And I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. That's fine. But here it's like the very first video game to feature the Ring, and it's it's this, which is so bizarre. There's no characters from the books. It's they're Americans. Uh, let's talk about the characters. Um, I don't have pictures because <laughs> there isn't much content out there, but we had Meg. She's the protagonist uh, and the main character. She takes... This is crazy. So she takes Robert's position at the CDC after he dies at the start of the game. In what situation would you take your boyfriend's or girlfriend's like job immediately? Especially, They're like, oh, you're mourning, yeah. but you have the exact same skills, so we're going to hire you. And yeah. I posted it up on our Twitter, but it's like her introduction. She's just smiling. She's like, <laughs> it's my first day. My uh, boyfriend died in this job. You know, you think she killed him? Well, no. Like, so who benefited her? Well, Robert. So Robert now, he was a researcher. He was working on the virus. And th- he and three of his colleagues actually died in this like virtual world. That and so they created. hired her then. So did they hired. So they the hired her. That? Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah, there's um, you know, who who okayed this plot to begin with? I'd be like, okay, first of all, this is not how it works. Like, after your boyfriend dies, you're not like, can I get a government job? <laughs> it's like okay, right? Well, they usually they vet you for those positions, and right. they'll say like, so how do you you know the deceased? Yeah, he was my boyfriend. He was actually he was killed on the job just days ago. And they'd be like, that seems like a conflict of, conflict of yeah, not even something. a conflict of interest, but just like a conflict because you're mourning him and you're coming in like 
we feel like you might investigate his death instead of just like work his job. Right. Uh, other characters include the memorable Jack Nixon, not Jack Nicholson, oh. who is a reporter and neighbor to Megan Robert. There's John Brad, which is a guy with two first names who's the boss at the CDC. Uh, Chris, memorable Chris, the co-worker at the CDC who works on the ground floor. Ground floor. Uh, Kathy is a co-worker, and she looks like Tina Turner, oh. and she likes to cause trouble and is the girlfriend of Lucino, who is the security chief. Uh, interestingly, so, the wick... What? Everybody that's dating each other works in this, the CDC. Like It's just the big old relationship fest of, over there, right? Exactly. And it's interesting, too. So the security chief, the wiki makes a point, the ring wiki, to say he has six piercings, two on each ears and one on the nose and one on the left eye. Uh, eye piercing. I don't know what that is. Um, and then finally, there's Timothy, who's an old doctor working at the CDC. Whoa. Uh, so let's let's talk gameplay. So if you've played Resident Evil, you should probably know how the game plays out. But uh, how you get there is pretty weird. So basically, upon viewing the Ring program, Meg is transported to an alternate dimension where she looks like a character straight out of the Matrix and battles Resident Evil-type creatures. She then will return to the real world, and the rest of the game sees Meg crossing between our world where she talks to NPCs at the CDC, NPCDC, uh, and then the virtual world where she's like in the Matrix killing creatures and collecting keys, and, like weapons. So, um, yeah, I, I actually thought the concept of two worlds is pretty cool because this predates the Matrix. Um, but I don't think it's implemented right. But can you think of some other games that have like a two world sort of uh, gameplay? Situation persona. where you, okay, <laughs> yeah. Persona Name some more. Has, um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, to virtual virtual quest. Remember that one? I uh, vir- yeah, virtual quest. What the, is that? The, the really bad one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Virtual you, quest you has that. Like a video game, right? Um, seventh seventh dragon code VFD, which we recently right. talked about. Right. Um. Uh, it, it's not really two worlds, but uh, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, you switch between two characters on a timer, which I thought was really innovative. I thought that was cool. Um, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good list. I'm trying to think of And then your, I think your items carry over or something, like your progress affects the other one. I thought that was a really cool game. Almost um, every single Atlas RPG now has a two two world system thing. Like, I played Soul Hackers 2 not that long ago, and it was like, you go to the Soul Matrix... So, I, I mean, Atlas games basically do it a lot, but yeah. Sonic Generations, kind of. Like, you can switch on the fly between playing modern and classic. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the Ring Terror's Realm doesn't really handle this too well. The uh, the over like the real world is clunky and slow and kind of boring right. talking to CDC employees. The uh, virtual world is weird. Like, like I said, you look like a character out of the Matrix. Um you fight Resident Evil style creatures instead of the Ring Girl. <laughs> like, right. uh, is she even in this thing outside of the movies? She is. She's in. She's the last boss, and I, I won't spoil it. Maybe I'll uh, mention it in a little I bit. I was going to skip all uh, the way to the end because I, I've already could. skipped through it, and it was like she has a like samurai sword. I was like, that's so sick. <laughs> I'll spoil it now. I don't really touch on it. So yeah, she is the last boss, and from what I remember, she does kind of like a. Like, she's dying, but she's like, the world will suffer. Like, kind of like D2 or something, you know, where it's just kind of like a downer. Uh, Right. And then she dies or something. Like, but she's... So what's weird is that in the ring, she's not a real creature. She's a imprint on a videotape that you can never truly get rid of. Right. But in this, she's like both that and like a real creature that can die. It's It's... Very odd. Um, Mentioning that Resident Evil gameplay. So the game, cameras are fixed. The UI looks straight out of Resident Evil. Like, there's nothing really to talk about here in terms of that. You use the D-pad to move, which I I hate Dreamcast games that use the D-pad exclusively. Didn't Shenmue do that? Yeah, I think so. And then they used the... I love Shenmue, but I I hated that. (laughs) Right. 
Um, and uh, if you want to get anywhere fast, you have to use the run button, which I believe is like X. I prefer when they did the triggers for running in Dreamcast right. games. That was a little easier. Uh, collision detection's terrible. So coupled with the cameras and the controls, you can imagine how bad it gets. Um, sound and dialogue, translation's pretty weak. There's obvious spelling errors and... Uh, the voice actors are forgettable, and the music is not only forgettable, but it loops like crazy, and I, I think Michael at the top of the show said he didn't like it, so no one's going to be downloading the soundtrack for this game. And honestly, there's not too much to say when it comes to gameplay. Like, think Resident Evil, but it's unpolished and bland. Um, yeah. So, George, instead of talking more about this shitty game, uh, I want to hear your idea, and then I'll pitch mine, for a proper The Ring video game. And you could have VHS tapes, you could borrow elements from this. Pitch it so, to me, I'm, I'm the CEO and I'm here. So I think what made The the Ring a little interesting was that it, I thought it was, I didn't even know it was a book, so it used the medium that you were, were already watching as a like um, horror element. So back then, people were still using VHS uh, VHS is older technology, so like the fact that this girl would record on a DVD would be absurd. She's like, I might, I might, I'm imprinted on a DVD that just came out two <laughs> years ago, and they were super expensive, right. and not everyone could buy. So right. the the idea that you put any VHS on and it could haunt you made you rethink putting a VHS those random because you know back in the day we had those ones that you recorded. And it could anything could be on there, and you would be able to go to people's houses and put random VHS tapes and see what they recorded off the TV sometimes. So I guess I could see the horror element in that. Um, as a Dreamcast game, I think they should play it up the fact that this Dreamcast game you bought was haunted, like yeah. and then and use features of the Dreamcast uniquely to be like oh. Like randomly put little like uh, images of the of the ring girl in your memory card VMU slot, etc. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that was uh, um a GameCube GameCube game, right? That did that. Uh, I don't know if they did that. I know that uh, Metal Gear Solid did that a lot. Like playing uh, what with was the features. that? What was that GameCube game where you'd play it and then it would look like memory card damaged or oh. it would switch to like video four? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. No, I don't. Oh, it was... I played it with some friends. It was Is really it, uh, cool. Beyond it bas- Good and Evil, maybe? No. It, it would it would fuck with you, though, while you played it. It would be like... You'd be like, oh, my memory card got deleted, or, oh, the game froze, and then suddenly there's, like, a jump scare. Um, right. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that yeah. would be really cool. Um, my idea, if you're going to be using, like, the VHS tapes and really keep it into the story of the novels and the movies is that maybe this is like 10 years later and the video has spread a lot and maybe it starts to like be uploaded to the internet as digital files and it carries just as much power, if not more. And maybe there's sort of a, um, it turns people into like echoes of her where they like appear as her, you know what I mean? So you're not only... You're not only avoiding her, but you're fighting and trying to save people who have been infected by her. So it's a little 28 days later, like rage virus sort of thing. Um, and maybe it has like a puzzle game element to it where like I'm I'm reminded of those like cooking games where it's like you got to keep all the burners on and like do this and that. And maybe you have to keep people from seeing the footage. So there's sort of like spinning plates sort of thing where you're like... Oh, the NPC is going to go put the tape in. You better go stop him. I mean, it's kind of lame, but I could see something there. They should have just added light guns like uh, D or whatever. Just because, why not? Because I think light gun shooting is funner than whatever this gameplay is that I'm looking at. It's just like the Resident Evil gameplay, uh, I don't know. If it's done right, it could be fun. Uh, When it's done really badly and there were so many bad Resident Evil clones back in the day, it's right. so bad. Like, it's so bad. So, yeah, and I mean, as you mentioned, Resident Evil. So the Dreamcast, they had their own Resident Evil game, the beloved Code Veronica. Right. There were also ports of Resident Evil 2 and 3. And Which then there were, rare. like, they are rare. I have, I think, three, and then a local shop also had two, but they wanted, like, 80 bucks for it. Um, there's uh, lesser-known games, like Blue Stinger, 
Carrier, Illbleed, D2, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Shadow Man, Dino Crisis, and Evil Dead, Hail to the King. So <laughs> where would you rank the Ring Terrors realm amongst all those that I just mentioned? Like, would it well, be bottom I, of the I, barrel? I haven't played it, but from what I see, probably bottom of the barrel. And it's funny because I, I remember uh, when uh, the Dreamcast came out and everyone was on... T- a lot of people at school were like talking about Blue Stinger. Like it was yeah. the, like the greatest game in the world. I mean, it's hard for me to go, oh, yeah, everyone buy Blue Stinger when we had like Sonic and we had Power Stone and we had a few other games where you're like, come on. But this game definitely looks worse than Blue Stinger. At least Blue Stinger had an uh, original idea. It, I don't know. I hate the idea that you work at the CDC. It's like, can you imagine a game where you're like, I'm trying to think of a horror movie, the Terrifier movie, the the slasher movie, right? Or, for, or Nightmare on Elm Street, but you work at the post office. It's like, what? Why are you in the right. post office? But yeah. Right. Like, well, I mean, and like I said, like this feels like a story that would come after several sequels and you're like, oh, okay, I get why we got here. Like, um, like the Saw movies, like you look at the very first Saw movie and you look at the latest one. And it's different characters, kind of different setting, but it makes sense because you're like, oh, I see the through line. Like we've we've had enough of these characters. We got here, but this it's just yeah, it's it's odd. And I mean, amongst those games, so I'm just gonna go through them real quick. Code Veronica, excellent game. Uh, Resident Evil Two and Three ports, they're fine. They're good games. Blue Stinger has its fans. It. Yeah, Carrier. Have you played Carrier? I have not played that one yet. I need to play. I don't know if I own it. Uh, Illbleed, it's weird, it's doofy, but it's fun. D2, we love D2 here. Uh, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, I don't know how that one is. Have you played that? I played a little bit of it. I didn't like it, but maybe I'm yeah. wrong. I, have you ever, like, Alone in the Dark is one of those weird franchises that, like, everyone's heard of a game, but, like, I've never heard anyone say, They're, Alone in the Dark is one of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> it's just a game, right? They're making a new one. Like, it was announced not that long ago, but it's kind of hard. It got overshadowed by, I think, the Resident Evil 4 remake. Well, speaking of Shadow, there's also Shadow Man, which I've always... I own, and I haven't really played that much, but I love how it has a map inside of it. Like, I just think that's so cool. I think they have, like, a a new Steam version of Shadow Man, kind of like me or whatever. It's weird. There's a big... There's a, like, Shadow Man fandom out there. It's really cool. Uh, Dino Crisis, which is, you know, it's the closest you get to a Resident Evil game, and it plays really well. And then I would say the Ring Terror's Realm is probably on par with Evil Dead Hail to the King. Like, they're both bad horror survival games. However, Evil Dead is a little better because it has Bruce Campbell, Mm. and, like, it's a little funny. I actually try to beat that game. It is a Resident Evil 2 clone. Is that the Resident Evil clone one? Yeah, but the the thing is, is, like, it's a continuation of like it has the main character so you can't right. fault it for that at least with that like you think evil dead you think bruce campbell he's the star of the game whereas the ring terrors realm you're like where's the main where's the reporter where's where's that girl <laughs> is she in this game so yeah it's it's definitely probably one of the worst survival horror games on the dreamcast Sweet. and it's just cuz it doesn't it not only doesn't not do anything really great but it doesn't do it well anything that it tries to do that is like kind of innovative just comes off as kind of lame and cheesy like so the idea that you go into a virtual world and you basically become a matrix character like that's so stupid especially for the ring and why would she do that this is her this is the the ghost lady's like powers creating a video game and she's like i really like the matrix Right. Like, right. I really want to make a Matrix game. And you're like, Why? are you sure? Oh, God. Keanu's so hot. Can you're you, like, oh. She took the time and effort to make uh, this Matrix video game that, like, takes people <laughs> virtually in there. It's like, yeah, too much. She's, like, sitting at a computer. She's like, oh, fuck, I gotta finish this game. Wouldn't it be better? Finish this. And they're like, what are you doing? Just... I'm developing a VR game. <laughs> just fucking wait. It takes a while. It's me. Oh my god, what if she had a, a Kickstarter? She probably did. She's like, help me finish my indie game. Hi, I died at the bottom of a well and I was on those VHS tapes. But now I want to make a VR game that's like The Matrix. Can you help me make my dream come true? And then we like news it and then they like ghost everyone and take all the money. 
and never release the game. Well, they like, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, it's I been mean, very difficult. You know what? She's a bad guy, but she's not an evil. So of course she is, d- did release the game. I mean, we're looking at it right, right now. So the day one early bird tier gets you a forty nine dollar copy of the game with pal box art. Oh, that's cool. That's fun. Um, so, do you think the ring killed the developers' chances to continue continue as a game dev studio, or do you think just releasing foreign movies was easier money, and that's why they kind of cut their game division? I mean, if I had got a contract with DreamWorks and they were enough, it's like basically being uh, doing stuff for Disney, right? Like if you're just translating stuff for Disney, you have a job forever. DreamWorks, right. I mean, DreamWorks is a tier studio in 3D movie making. I don't know how, what, where they're at right now compared to all that, but are they the ones that do the Minions movie, or is that another studio? That's uh, Illumination. Okay, yeah, but isn't it published? But by... they did Puss in Boots. Oh, Puss in Boots. Okay, that was a big movie. Um, I've never seen. And I'm it. actually, I'm checking the Asmic Ace website right now. They are still around. It's a very boring website. So there's nothing really to see. Um, but news, they had some new... It's one of those English language sites that doesn't really update. Gotcha. Uh, but I'm looking here. Yeah, so they're they're doing movie distribution, uh, codename Banshee. So they do more than just DreamWorks. Um, I think it's easier. I think making games is expensive. So uh, wherever you can make your money, do it. Yeah, yeah, they do a lot of just, like, film film releasing. So, I mean, good on them. It's just a shame. I guess they're not making shitty games. But right. uh You can only make <laughs> yeah. so many shitty games, you know what I mean? But thankfully, you know, just like the VHS tape that spread like a virus, the Ring franchise did continue after the game released. In 2002, the Ring was adapted for American audiences by director Gore Verbinski, in a film starring Naomi Watts and a score Ooh. by Hans Zimmer. Oh my god, so that's, he, really, uh, he really did the soundtrack for this? Yeah, so that's a glow wow. up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the film was a hit. It made $249 million off a budget of $48 million, making it one of the most successful horror remakes of all time. The plot is largely the same. They just moves it, move it to America and change the characters' names. The film kicked off its own franchise with 2005's the Ring 2, which was actually directed by Hideo Nakata, who directed the original Japanese Ring, and then 2017's Rings. And With an S? Yeah. One ruling. It's like the Lord rings. of the Rings. There's two rings. There's yeah. there's two one rings. There's a two ring. So, uh, why was it called Ring, though? Like, I understand the VHS tape. Why wasn't it called Haunted VHS or something? Why Ring? Well, it's. I think it's because you have to close the loop. Oh. Okay. So you, as soon as you watch the film, you've started something, gotcha. and in order to free yourself of it, good. you need to copy it to continue the cycle. Gotcha. So Ring is really about how there's this never perpetual spreading of this this haunted tape that never ends. Gotcha. Um, and what's interesting is that this actually kicked off a whole. Uh, Japanese horror remake like Renaissance because oh, in yeah. 2004 The Grudge came out and then in 2005 Darkwater and I actually have a story about The Grudge so uh, I I lived downtown Chicago for school uh, actually right next to the Gene Siskel Film Center Are you in it? And I was in the movie. No, uh, no. they the premiere the Jap the premiere okay. uh, the US premiere of the Japanese version actually took place in Chicago at that theater. And I was walking back to my uh, apartment and I look outside, there's this huge line. And I was like, what are you, what are you in line for? What's going on out here? And they're like, Oh, did you see the grudge? And I look over and standing next to the, uh, the entrance to the theater is this like super skinny old woman who's going like, (laughs) and I think she was like, actually just like living on the street but oh. <laughs> I I pointed at her talking to this random person. I was like, is that the grudge? <laughs> and they were like, they were super offended. They're like, no, wow. it's a movie. 
that's not the grudge. And I was like so confused. I went inside. I'm like, what the fuck's the grudge? And I legit for like a day thought the grudge was like slang for like a weird person on the street. Mm, I was. Is that I'm a good story? At... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's an offensive story that you. you, you it's you, not offensive. It's, yeah, so if was... you're gonna go see a horror movie about like a weird deformed girl and she's there's like a deformed, weird woman standing right at the entrance going and that's the grudge because the grudge is if you look at the grudge the grudge is like hey hey and i legitimately thought that that was like a a person dressed as like a character so the grudge actually has a video game on the wii by the way how does that yeah haunted house simulator though i think they figured out their niche right like that's how you do it absolutely and dark water i know nothing about but yeah what's so Last question before we get into Patreon memories, and I have a little video clip we can watch too. Uh, <laughs> to get copyrights. What is right. it? Yeah, well, we'll see. We can mute it. Uh, what is it about Japanese and Asian horror in general that you think appeals to foreign audiences? Um, I I don't know. I mean, I've never got into Japanese horror films. I think I'm I'm unique in that. Like, I like like a lot of Japanese stuff. But Japanese horror was never one where I was like, <gasps> guys, did you guys watch right. The Grudge? Um, I think most of it because I, I felt that it was a little uh, like one trick pony kind of in a way because they always yeah. use the same idea of the girl with the long hair. Even The Grudge on the promotional materials really try to make it seem like it's the ring kind of in a way. Um, I also don't like um, – I noticed that they copied a lot. Like I, I try to watch a horror movie. I forgot what it was called, but it was like the same concept – but you read a text message and you die or something like that. And they're trying oh. to solve it. So I'm like, I think they have some unique ideas and then they kind of like use them to death sometimes. And I think that's why personally I'm not into it. Maybe I, I need to watch more of them but to make a judgment on the uh, horror cinema. I haven't really right. been into horror movies in a really long time. I don't know about you. Do you watch a lot of horror movies still? Uh, not modern ones. I feel like uh, since the pandemic, like horror movies have had a renaissance, and it's like in the theaters, there's either a Marvel movie or a horror movie, and that's like yeah. your only options. Uh, um, do you know they have like a whole like streaming channel for like B tier horror movies, like that Shutter? Yeah, yeah, I do. I wish I actually thought about getting it. Um, uh, as far as like Japanese and Asian horror in general, I think. The appeal is that it is unique from what America offers. I think in America, um, our horror, at least in the past like 20, 30 years, have been uh, like either it's it's been predominantly men who have been wronged or corrupted. And they, like you said, (laughs) well, yeah. And like you, like you said, they're slashers. So they, they carry some sort of like grudge uh you know um with them and they kill like they and the whole thing is how creative can the kills get um but with japanese horror it seems to really be centered around tragedy and loss and predominantly women who have been uh corrupted or injured or wronged and I think probably coming from a predominantly, uh, I don't mean to say predominantly male society, but like a, you know, the, let's not, let's not, uh, you know, like the Japanese society is pretty sexist, right? Right, right. I mean, I don't and, know. I've never been there, so I would have to be there. But I guess they're pretty conservative, let's say that. Yeah, and I mean, just the, the mere fact that the original book was like, oh, and worst... The worst of all, she was intersex. The, the, she was intersex, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. Can you imagine if they change the story around and the doctor becomes the hero of the story? <laughs> it's like, yay, he killed, he killed her. Um, but I think that's where it kind of it has this appeal because it's something that we don't have over here. It's it's predominantly female focused. Uh, it's not about the creativity of the kills, but it's this like never ending. Like you can't. You can't stop it. It happens kind of the same every time. And, and it's the, the fear really is when and where it's going to happen. And at least in, in terms of the Ring movies, it's the fun is, if there is fun to be had, in how these characters, like, 
learn what's happening to them. And so you're really, you're not like, oh, don't go around that corner. No, don't, don't go make out in the, uh, the cabin. You're going right. to get stabbed in the head. It's more like, oh, they, they just watch the tape. No, don't turn the TV on. Ah, she's climbing out. So, you know, there's a, li- there's a little similarity there. But I, I think that's what it is. And I think culturally it also comes from that idea that there's like sp- everything has a spirit. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so there's, I mean, you see that in uh, marketing. Like everything has a mascot. Like it's like, oh, it's the the umbrella mascot and then the umbrella cover mascot and then the mushroom mascot and the condom mascot like everything is personified and in this case i think these these i don't i don't want to call them villains but these like creatures in these japanese horror movies are imprints of something that happened to someone they're not literally the person but they're almost like a spirit of drowning or the spirit of sexual abuse or the spirit of holding a grudge against someone, you know, or the spirit of drowning. So it's, it's like they inflict what hurt them onto other people. She killed the doctor, right? Like the doctor gets its upcomings. It's not like the doctor lived a peaceful life and never gets mentioned again. He gets to live with his family until he's, I hope not. But, uh, yeah, she does kill like a bunch of random people. So, I mean, how good of a person is she? In the, I mean, like, I well, get the revenge, a, but like, but she's not a person, and I don't think it is revenge. I think okay. it's these terrible things happen to her, and now it perpetuates. Got you, and there's no way of stopping it because it's like a virus, you know. And I think there's probably some commentary there too about uh, uh, abuse and uh, murder and how it will never end it'll always happen to somebody unfortunately mm-hmm. and so i think at least maybe the original novel and the original film were kind of a commentary on that how you can't stop it because it's something that's in, ingrained in society unfortunately and in the human condition and so the only way to to have it not affect you is to perpetuate it i guess i don't know wow what um, a message what a message. So let's end on a, a happy note. I actually have a clip here. It starts at 2 minutes 15. Okay, I got it up. It's a Scary Movie 3, a, a classic. It's yeah. almost, I think it's almost as classic, the Scary Movie franchise, as Fast and the Furious. It's like Americana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to play it. Yeah, and I remember this released when I was working on a movie theater, and this scene, like, crack people up this was like the favorite scene oh i watched these movies in theater one of them in theaters and everyone cracked up the whole they're good like the uh anna ferris and regina hill regina hall they do a great job oh yeah so i mean they really nail the uh special effects too like it looks like it's straight out of the ring movie oh, yeah. But then the ridiculousness is, of course, the fact that, uh, well, we'll see. (laughs) Like emptying the water out of the ear. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I think Scary Movie 3 was also like a uh, Scream parody, too. I could be wrong. I think, uh, yeah, I think this is the one that has like the, I'm not listening. the Home Alone scene, <laughs> kind of with this with a uh... right. But then, yeah, they're they're punching it head. But like, wouldn't you do this? Like, wouldn't you try to fight the creature? I, I think this is something we all think when we watch these movies. Like, come on, Freddy is like a skinny, like 160 pound, uh, burnt anyway. up old dude. <laughs> Right? Oh, that's the Scary Movie 3 had this alien from Signs, too. That's what oh, it was. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to rewatch those. Those and are good the, movies. It's funny that like the horror b- movie boom in the 2000s made the Scary Movies mo- franchise. And then that right. franchise made a bunch of other crappy franchises that try to be like them, but like really, really terrible versions. Yeah. Right. Well... Before we close things up, let's hear from our Patreon community. We have one memory here from Ben Hayward. 
and Ben has this to say. I've never played this game. I've never seen any of the movies, but I did have a Segabit's dream last night. What? Where I went shopping for a TV Uh-oh. with a built-in Dreamcast, and Barry and George were there. Oh, shit. And I woke up. Yeah, and then I see that a new episode is cooking. Looking forward to listening. Well, that's kind of creepy, because I had that dream, too, but... When we turned the TV on, like, it, it said we had seven <laughs> days to live. And uh, when did he, Oh, no, George, he posted this six days ago. Uh-oh. Ben. So what Ben has to do, actually, is get seven of his friends to support us on Patreon. And then he, and the, the curse will be lifted. And then the curse will be lifted. So, yeah, if you're watching this episode, you've actually been cursed as well. Jump on over to Patreon. Give us a dollar a month. You won't. Uh, and uh, I don't want to say you won't die, but you won't. You won't uh, stub your toe. Ooh. You don't want to do that. And um, what are we covering next? What am I covering the next time? I do. Uh, is there another Patreon pick, or am I able to pick one? You can pick, George. Oh my God! Well, I'm about to think about it. Then I can't. I can't give it up. I have to. It'll so, be a surprise. I want to do a, a, a weird episode. So like, I'm Ooh. thinking of something. So something. Not a game, maybe. We'll see. What the fuck? What what else is there? I mean, there's other stuff of Sega that controllers. We're, we're gonna be talking about Sega Crocs bits. Oh, okay. Or Sega. Oh, like Vector the Crocodile. Right. You got it. All this and more on the next Sega Talk. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys next time. You're dead. Bye. Seven Bye. days.